Hey guys, this is Kurt Stubbs with the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. Welcome back to Season 4, Episode 2. Got another great show lined up for you today. Got a great guest. Uh, Today we are going to take a look back to the 1996-1997 season, uh, where we look at a team that went 53-1, over the course of two seasons, which resulted in a state runner-up and a state championship. All this occurred um, from a village in Middle Point, Ohio, of less than 600 people. Uh, Interesting enough, uh, three 1,000-point scorers were on this team, and they all graduated in the same class. Uh, They out five guys averaged close to double figures. They averaged nearly 83 points a game, only giving up 51. Uh, It's just a really incredible story uh, from such a small village in the northwest part of Ohio. So uh, today we are going to take a look at the Van Wert Linking View Lancers. Now, if you are listening to this on iTunes, we would really, really, really appreciate uh, subscribe. and give us one of those five-star reviews. Uh, We want to be able to put out more of this content. We really love doing this and uh, just bringing history uh, back to the forefront because, you know, we hope that these uh, memories uh, and this rich history here in Ohio uh, never gets forgotten, and that's kind of the main point behind this and uh, having different people that were involved tell the story from their viewpoint, from their lens. So today uh, we'll be talking with uh, the great point guard from Van Wert Lincoln View, Brandon Pardon. What's up, you guys? It's uh, Kurt Stubbs with the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. Uh, I am here with a guest that many of you will know, and that is uh, Mr. Brandon Pardon uh, from Van Wert Lincoln View fame. Brandon, how are we doing this afternoon? Kurt, how are you? Doing really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. Um, the Lincoln View Lancers, one of my favorite teams from um, Ohio high school basketball history. So, and I know a lot of people have been uh, very interested in, in hearing this story, those people that lived it and, and those people that have just heard about it. So um, I guess we'll start with this. Um, I kind of have an idea, but uh, if you tell the listeners kind of what you've been up to since um, you departed from Lincoln View uh, in 1997. So actually, uh, originally went to Wright State for one year, um, had a season there, and then I transferred to Bowling Green, um, playing for Coach Dockage there. Um, was fortunate enough to go over and play in Europe for two years. Played in France for a year, played in Gamunian, Austria for a year. Um, got married while I was in France. Um, and again, my wife went back over with me to Austria. Uh, retired at the old age of 25. Um, <laughs> I had a knee injury over there, had surgery. Um, wanted to go back, but, uh, you know, got a little homesick for my wife. And, um, so we moved back and to the Van Wert area. Uh, ended up getting into some sales and uh, actually sold some cars, first of all, and got some pharmaceuticals. Now I'm in this surgical line. And, um, moved down to Florida for about seven years and then uh, had our kids down there. Uh, at least my daughter and my boys were born here in Fort Wayne, where I reside now. Um, we moved back about five years ago um, here in the Fort Wayne and uh, yeah, um, got a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, and then I got a 10-year-old, two boys and a girl. Yeah, I'm sure that's good. Yeah, I'm sure that's hard to believe for some of our <laughs> listeners that uh, uh, that you have a, a 15-year-old at this point. And right. You said you got married. Now, you said your wife was she from France or or you got married in France? Is that what you said? So it's actually a good story, um, or I guess, depending if you want to think it's a good, um, I met my wife at the Elida game my senior year. She was uh, at Wayne's race. Okay. Um, and my high school coach's wife taught English at, at Wayne's race. So 
introduced us introduced us between the JV and varsity game while I was shooting around and uh, well she was a cute little girl but I had no idea that I was going <laughs> to marry her so it ended up working out really well for me she's been awesome I mean literally we traveled all over the world together um, I got engaged right after I got my contract to France and literally um, she went over there at first not uh, not being married I just wanted to make sure that got that that happened so we flew her home and. Um, she got everything set up for the wedding. I flew back in December. We got married December 28th, and then we're back at it. So um, she went back over with me. So you're another guy on a long list of, of guys that have outpunted their coverage. Oh, my goodness. It's way – I can't even put – I mean, <laughs> I can't even exaggerate that enough, brother. <laughs> so, you know, you you were a, obviously a huge part of this, this whole thing at, at Lincoln View, but – you know, you certainly weren't acting alone. Um, a great, great group of uh, guys that you, you graduated with, um, and, and I'm sure you still keep in touch with. Um, what, are, what are some of the other guys um, on that team uh, doing now? So Chad Pollock, um, our center at the time, went on to, um, to Ohio Northern, played a freshman year of basketball. He was an All-American offensive lineman there. Um, he ends up – he's a VP of uh, – of Aflac insurance here in kind of the Midwest. Um, Wes Dudgeon um, was the other, went to Malone. Um, he actually, after Malone, traveled south to Charleston. He teaches anatomy and physiology um, at the University of Charleston um, and does some research for Under Armour. Um, Kyle Rabe is, uh, he went off to Heidelberg a year and then went to Toledo Med School, um, went to Columbus for dental school, orthodontist, and then he's out in um, Tucson, Arizona. Um, runs a couple practices out there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a, a Matt Owens, uh, another good buddy of mine. He's actually the medical director of St. Rita's in Lima, Ohio. So uh, a lot of MDs in that group. I'm, uh, I just sell stuff. <laughs> and obviously, uh, Frank, I don't want to forget him. Frank is um, – Well, we know what Frank's guy. doing. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, but he's still – that's the people that don't know. Frank was a great part of our, our Lincoln View team, but – went on to um, Defiance and had even a better career as a collegiate player, which I kind of figured he would because of the role he played and um, on the Lincoln View team. So he's obviously the head coach at LCC, a couple championships there. and um, Struggling a little bit now, but I think they're, they're uh, coming around. Yeah, he's uh, – Brandon's referring to Frank Kill, um, head coach at LCC, two state championships, uh, very well-dressed individual. Um, Frank Kill, just another uh, fantastic member of that 97 Lincoln View group. Um, so you, you had mentioned uh, when I did the podcast with Scott Brunswick at St. Henry, you had mentioned a good story um, that I, I, I'll let you share about uh, you, were, you were around uh, when they lost their first game as juniors to, to Van Wert. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough, um, and, you know, in my elementary years, um, obviously playing in that area. Our school team played my fourth and fifth grade. I played on an all-star team out of Manor when I was in sixth grade um, for Jim Clay and the Killer Bees. It's kind of a uh, – everybody wanted to be part of that. He did it for many years. A lot of kids played for him. But in that time, when I was in sixth grade, I kind of got involved. Um, it was going to Manor's practices because uh, Keith Knopf, who was the head coach at the time, ended up being my – the varsity assistant with Dockage when I was at Bowling Green um, allowed me to come in and be the ball boy for that team, that Van Wert team, which I obviously had Joe Gardner that went on Toledo, Quincy Cloud, um, Bebal, Joel Mendrick. I mean, I remember these guys like yesterday. Um, I went to a couple, I mean, a bunch of games, but obviously the most memorable game was that St. Henry game when they came in there. And again, as, as, as a kid and rebounding for a guy like Joey Gardner and you know, I looked up to these guys. These are my idols as kids, right? You want to be like them. You want to be playing on the same stage. But the atmosphere is probably what I remember the most. I mean, you could not get another person in that gym. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure um, the fire department was in there and <laughs> just to watch the game probably. But, um, yeah, it was just electric. I mean, I can't even put in the words. But as a kid, like, I looked around, like, I'm like, this is the stage, you know, I would want to be a part of. Um, didn't, you know, you don't even think it's possible, but if you've seen that, and that's the first time I really experienced that. Um, so I kind of carried that with me, obviously, moving along my career. Yeah, it's crazy to me, and I've told you this before, but just the fact that that, that St. Henry team that you're referring to and, and um, 
Scott had told me that, you know, that was the first loss he had ever suffered in his athletic That's career. Right. I mean, I, I, I still think about that and um, what, it, what it would be like to play with a group of guys where they, you know, you, losing is not uh, something that's acceptable, um, you know, with that group of guys for sure. And, you know, you guys were kind of a, a lot of the same, same way eventually, but, you know, you mentioned Van Wert. Was there any, was there any talk, you end up at Lincoln View, but was there ever any thought or talk about going to Van Wert? So I grew up in Middle Point, um, and ultimately, I mean, Lincoln View was, you know, where I went to school all the way through. Um, but playing on that Van Wert team um, for the Killer Bees, uh, obviously there was another guy that was involved that was good friends with Coach Knobs that had a son that I played with, and he more or less recruited me. So in that time, coming and seeing that atmosphere, I'm like, I want to be a part of this. Like, you think that's could be, you know, you can be, that's this is the school to be at. So be lying if I told you to ask my parents, hey, that, that, this is a good decision. And my dad's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I was a little bummed at first, but it was probably the best decision that my dad ever made for me, um, or at least one of them. And obviously, you know, it was um, short-lived for sure. But, yeah, I um, thought about it, but fortunate to stay at Lincoln View forever. You mentioned Middle Point, which is a village. And what – what was it like growing up in Middle Point? You know, it was great. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, even looking back, sometimes I'll, I even go back and drive through. It just brings back good memories. But, you know, it was just your outside, your plan. My best friend was a basketball goal, and a pitch back with, a, you know, playing baseball. You know, all my childhood buddies are the guys I played high school with. We were always together doing something, normally playing either basketball in a, in a hayloft at my buddy's farm or, you know, trying to get to the YMCA. Um, but again, you're six miles from Van Wert. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's obviously out in the middle of nowhere between Delvis and Van Wert. Um, but it was great. The community was awesome. I mean, I just, that was what I knew. So I didn't really have anything to compare it to. Um, just a small town kid, um, just trying to, you know, go to a public education school, which was Lincoln View, which I was very fortunate to be part of. Now, does Middle Point, do they have a, uh, like a local, diner like what's what's the spot to be at so back in the day they had a place called uh, the whistle stop so ultimately when i was a kid they would go to the basketball game and all the parents you know the kids would go back there and play pool or you know they had, i think they had a dart board or something like that there's obviously a bar little yeah. carry out and a pizza shack and a four-way stop used to have a little movie place there um and again i still don't know how that guy stayed alive but it was short-lived, but that was kind of the gist of it. There wasn't much. There was not much. But we'd ride our bikes up there. I mean, there's a ballpark and where we played baseball as kids. I mean, it was typical small town. So for perspective for people that, that might not be familiar, like you're talking like Lima and Fort Wayne are probably the two closest, what you would consider a city to there. Yeah, so I mean, again, I just if, if, when I got to high school, I wanted to go on a date, maybe go to a movie. We had to go to Lima or Fort Wayne. Yeah, you know, same with a you know, if we're going out to eat or something. If you don't want McDonald's or you want to, you know, it's you know, you're leaving town, which again, it's not far, but at, you know, for um, you know, being from where I'm from, it was it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't, but yeah, you had to go um, either one of those. So you mentioned your high school coach, <clears throat> which happened to be Dave Evans, um, who took a chance. And, and started you uh, and Wes as freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did Chad, did Chad play JV as a freshman? He started that route, and then by the okay. end of the year, he was full-time varsity. Okay, so – He played the majority of the game when we got to the tournament. Kind of give, give us uh, an idea. So, Dave, just when did he get the Lincoln View job as opposed to when you guys got in high school – and what type of what type of guy was he um, as a coach? What type of coach was he? So when I was a kid, there was a guy by the name of Rick Regal. And, again, Rick was very active in the youth program. Um, they didn't win a lot of games. But as a kid, you just you – know, I say this, I mean, you kind of thought he was Phil Jackson. Like, you wanted to play for him because it was the high school coach. Um, so my seventh grade year, he was just my school teacher. And in eighth grade, um, Dave Evans comes in. And – you know, that was his first year at Lincoln View, and Lincoln View hadn't been out of the sectionals in 17 years. And that was the first year, his first year there, um, that we got out of there. And then 
you know, playing for, for him or just knowing him, I mean, he was, he was um, so open from the first time I met him. You know, obviously he was going to our junior high games, but even taking it a step further, like being in eighth grade when he was the coach, if we didn't have practice and I was at the gym because I was kind of hanging around him, um, he let me do shooting drills and ball handling stuff and, you know, had me involved early. He didn't have to do that, right? I mean, obviously, you know, knew someday I was going to play for him, but, you know, again, to, to, to do that for a kid like that, most coaches probably wouldn't. So was Dave um, a head coach anywhere before he came to Lincoln View? So he coached Antwerp girls. Okay. Um, had some success over there. Um, I think that might, I think he had one other job, if I can remember right, but that, that's the one that comes to mind. And he spent probably, what, 16, 17 years at, as Lincoln View's co- head coach? I believe so. I think it's somewhere around there. Yeah. So, and then – I'm not sure. Is he still the AD at Elida? Yes. Okay. Yep. I think he has a couple years left, and he's going to hang it up. So, Coach Dave Evans in, in um, inherits a really good group of guys. He plays you um, early on. You guys go 13 and 10 as freshmen. Um, and then as sophomores, you guys go 18 and 5. And uh, sophomore year ends with kind of a, a stinging loss to Ottoville, and I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I still, you know, when people talk about, you know, your career and things from the past, it's still probably one of my worst losses I've ever had. Won a bunch of games in my life. I've lost, you know, a bunch as well. And because, um, again, I remember just, you know, what your, where the end goal was obviously, you know, to get to state, but that was the year that Liberty Benton was really darn good. And everybody's kind of compared us early in the season, right? I mean, we had a good season, you know, 18 and five. And, but that game was one we won by um, 25 in the regular season at their place, right? So district finals, when you beat a team like that, you're expected to win. And again, even this, we should have won. But I mean, again, we, we, they outplayed us. They made shots. We didn't. And, we had turnovers at times that we shouldn't have, and, you know, that's that's how it goes. I had a shot at the buzzer and it didn't fall, and then I got stamped by their crowd. <laughs> but, again, it was a um, it was a bad loss, but it was also, you know, you never want to take, you know, say uh, there was some good from it because of the motivation that we had. You know, when you talk, we talked to, to Brunswick about the same thing when they got the loss at um, St. Henry, was we kind of had a bomb like this, you know, this feeling. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hated losing so much. And to lose the way we did, especially expecting to win, um, it hurt a little bit more. And, you know, you feel as one of you know, the better players on the team that you let them down a little bit. And you know, that's not the case, but it's just that's the feeling I had. Um, and I think everybody had that same feeling, right? It's like it wasn't just me. I think everybody knew their role and they tried to do it. And we just came short. And in the locker room, um, you know, it was just a really somber time. And rode the bus back. We all went back to Chad Pollock's house and never forget it. Um, and we were all um, just there. I mean, all the, I mean, my guys, the guys that I graduated with, and it just it stunk. But you know, it was it was also that bonding time because that's who we were. We're best friends, and it was just uh, you know, again, we're not we're not going to let this happen again. Whatever it's going to take, I'm going to put the work in. But I, you know, I knew what I was going to do, but I also knew that they were going to do the same thing. And there's something to be said for that. You know, the roles everybody played. Um, that's the reason that we were as good as we were as we continued on to our junior and senior year. Yeah, I, I think, and I really hear what you're saying, um, and I don't want to sound like the old guy, get off my lawn type of guy, but I'm not so sure that kids truly hate losing um, in today's game. Uh, they maybe pay it lip service, but, you know, are you, do you, are you showing me that you really hate losing? Um, after you lose, what are you doing? What what are what what is going to come of that afterwards? And, and a lot of times, you know, I, I hear kids say they don't like to lose, but you know, what did you do after that to to prove that you you cannot stand losing? So again, I had really had a really good work ethic as of the other guys, right? And it was just I just stepped. I mean, again, not to think that you can't do more. You always can. Um, and we were always, we we're on the YM, we'd go to the YMCA on Friday nights, right? Everybody else is going to the movies or hanging out. Like, that's that's what we did. We'd go up there and play three on three until they closed the doors. My dad was the commander of the VFW across the street. So after we're done, I'd walk over there, get some chips and a pop, and be done. Um, 
but that was every Friday. And then on Sundays, um, Coach Evans would call. She'd be doing laundry, and he'd come pick me up if I didn't have, when I didn't have my license, bring me to the gym so we could, you know, and it wasn't just me. So Wes's dad would bring him over. Chad's dad would bring him over um, if Chad's dad didn't pick me up. And that was just what we did. That was just part of, you know, we didn't know any different because we wanted to. Um, everybody wanted to be better, and everybody took the commitment to do that. And that's why it wasn't just me as an individual. It was, everybody did it. So it was, again, it goes back to what I was saying before, a big reason for our success. You mentioned Chad's dad, and uh, he played at, at Lincoln View, um, yep. and, and he was forced into a, a tough role um, as a, a uh, single parent early, earlier than expected. Obviously, um, I don't know how much you want to say about it, but you know, if you could just mention our, or talk about Chad's um, the tragedy that struck his family early in his high school career. Yeah, so you know it was. Awful. It still even gives me a stomachache to think about it now. Um, going into it, you know, we had just started school. Um, it was actually before basketball season. And um, his mom and twin sisters ended up getting in a car accident, um, losing their lives. And I was really close with their family, as was everybody. You know, you're talking a small town. Like, his mom was my second grade teacher. His sisters at the time were, you know, twins in fifth grade. You know, um, and the thought of losing that, it was... It was the first time I'd ever faced really, you know, death and tragedy in my life. And I, you know, it's how you respond to that. It was more in a consoling manner to, you know, how can I put my arms around Chad as everybody was, we were all at his house and hugging and just crying. And, you know, you, you want to, you, you can't change it. You don't know, you know, you don't know really how to act. I think for me, it was, it was so personal because we were all so close and there's nothing you can do to change it. Right. You could be there for him. You could talk to him. Um, it was tough. It really was tough. And, um, you know, Chad's dad, it was, you know, he was a farmer and, you know, now he's a single dad and we're, you know, again, as close as we were, it just, you know, it was really hard on Chad. Um, and again, I know that he struggled with it and we all did, but I just, I can't even put into words how much I felt bad, bad for him, um, to try to have to deal with that, right? You're coming into your high school years. His mom was a big advocate for basketball as his sisters were athletic and, to not have her sitting with her dad in, in the, you know, seats that they had had for years, right? They had season tickets and there's, mm. you know, she's not sitting there. And I think that would be real. it was really hard for him to see that, right? So, so fortunate to have his dad there, but not have his mom, you know, right there as well. So very, very tough, very, very tough. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it was, um, we just wanted to be there for him. Everybody did. It was, I think our bond continued to get stronger everybody's thinking more about him than they are themselves and that's just how our team was and everything that we could do to help him um and he was you know resilient and i just to deal with that i just i still can't imagine um and again i know that's it's still hard on him but um we got through it and stay still getting through it somewhat and um he ended up like i said he was um you know he, he didn't show it um a lot and you know again i I, you know, I don't know what the right emotion is to say he shows it, right? And so, anyway, I'm very, very unfortunate. I wish we didn't have to deal with it, but it was, uh, it was tough. It was really tough. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, losing one family member, but when you lose three all at once, yeah. unexpectedly, it's. I mean, you know, it's it's tough to lose anybody, but when I mean, if it's somebody that's you know, lived a good long life, 85, 90, you know, you're, that's a different situation, but boy, I can't imagine as a, as a young kid going, you know, adolescence and just so impressionable years and yeah. uh, great to have a group of guys like he did around, around him. And, um, you know, you guys, as you talked about that, that Ottoville game, you guys did move on. And um, I, I just want to mention you know, the, the state tournament games as juniors, uh, because I think that is a big part of the story uh, mm -hmm. as we talk about the state championship season. And you mentioned Liberty Benton. Uh, and I talked to uh, probably around this time last year, I talked to A.J. Granger um, about that season. And, and interesting uh, enough, three straight years, Liberty Benton, Springfield Catholic Central, and you guys all lost to the eventual champion before winning it the following season. You and Springfield Catholic Central both lost in the finals uh, in consecutive years and then come back and win the state championship. So that was really cool. 
Um, there a lot of similarities in those three years. Um, but I think the story of the 96 season kind of was told in that semifinal game uh, where you played Dalton, you beat them 83-73. Yeah. Um, you guys start out, um, you know, I mean, that, that, that was a foul fest, uh, 42 fouls in the game, 50 free throws. Um, but, you know, the big story, I think, in this game was not the final outcome, was the fact that you and, uh, and Wes did not come out of this game unscathed. Right. So, so the first half went really well. Everybody's excited, um, playing well. I, mean, I remember playing very well. And, again, start of the third quarter, I remember um, they had a really good player named Ryan Berg who ended up going on the Toledo, his first team All-State. He was guarding me on the sideline, so I kind of put the ball over my head. He tried to go up and steal it. Ended up going through my right eye um, with his fingernail. I had a laceration over it. And, you know, again, at first, I, I mean, I, I could feel blood, and I started to feel pain. And then I got kind of dizzy, and I felt, you know, something was wrong. And I'm you know, trying to shake it off. I just couldn't. It hurt so bad. So I literally went down to the locker room to let our trainer um, take a look at it. And I'm laying on kind of one of those, you know, just a, a bench that you would get your ankles taped on. And they're trying to evaluate me and what to do. I mean, I, I knew that I couldn't go back out there and play. So I ended up calling an EMS to come get me. In the meantime, I look over and Wes is laying on another one. <laughs> and because he just gets an elbow, he gets con a concussion. And I'm thinking, oh, my golly. First of all, my first thing was like, you know, I'm thinking – Who's going to bring it up the court? God loves Scott Kemmer. He's a good buddy of mine. But I'm thinking, if they're pressing him, we're in deep trouble. And I'm thinking, who else is going to score the ball, right? I mean, you're thinking, you know, we're two leading scorers, you know, all-state players, and we're expected to, you know, to score a majority of it. And, again, I think it's just a testament, like we talked about before, in the role was we had a, a senior in Sean Thatcher who comes out and goes six for six from three, um, scores 20 points in the game, I think. And, um, you know, that's just a testament to our team. But ultimately, I remember being at the, in the hospital, and their trainer ended up coming over. His name's Jeff Snyder, who's actually the superintendent at Lincoln now. He was a trainer at Defiance College when I was playing. And he says, you guys won. And I was like, because, I mean, you're hoping that, and you feel like your guys can take care of business. And But, again, I was kind of, you know, like, I, I hate that I'm not there to help them. But I was so relieved, and now I'm thinking, okay, Doc, just patch me up, get me better so I can play tomorrow. Um, so going back to the hotel, I remember – you know, Wes was my roommate, and it's like the wounded war warriors here. <laughs> uh, I'm looking over him. They had to come in every 20 minutes to check him out for, you know, from a concussion standpoint. And we just kind of laughed. I mean, I'm kind of looking over and he's blurry because I can't hardly see him. I'm thinking, we got to play a game tomorrow. Are we going to be able to? And again, the thought was we would always play. Um, I never doubted that I would, but I mean, I, I had to get cleared the next day. Uh, I remember going to the gym first thing in the morning with the coaching staff, and I had to have the doctors, the high states uh, physician crew, evaluate me. So they gave me these Oakley glasses and put me through just some routine drills. So I had to dribble up and down with both hands. I had to shoot right and left-handed like Mike and drill layups, and I had to shoot some free throws. And they said, yep, he can play. And I'm thinking, man, I, I can do this stuff blindfolded, right? I mean, I've done it enough. Like, this is probably the best evaluation, but at least I get to play. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the process going into the state championship. Yeah, you got Crazy. you got thirty three hundred plus points laying on hospital beds. <laughs> the the uh, yeah, the outlook's not looking great. Um, you know, despite that, you know, you guys did have the really good first half. You ended up with eighteen points, ten assists. Uh, Wes had fourteen, uh, and then Chad Pollock had seventeen. You were nineteen of twenty four in the first half. Again, you, you refer to the strong start. Um, they, they had a couple of, you know, as you uh, referred to, uh, Ryan Berg, uh, who was a first-team All-Stater, ended up with 17. Yeah. Uh, and then Randy Ensley was a second-team All-Stater, and he ended up with 36. Uh, but Berg was just 4 of 17 shooting the ball, so it wasn't like um, – and that wasn't a real efficient outing for him. Uh, but you were able to, to – escape them um, as you said and you would get uh, an even taller task I would say um, in the finals yeah. even though you come in at one you know you guys are 26 and oh now uh, and you got Springfield Catholic Central who's number two um, you know ratings wise 
And, you know, they're, they're a team that has state tournament experience. They finished runner-up to Liberty Benton the year before. Uh, they've got Mr. Basketball. they got Jason Collier, a seven-footer who was going to Indiana. Um, uh, an incredible athlete in Jason Ronay, um, who I think ended up going and playing Division One baseball. Uh, I think so, too. And John Powell, uh, who was another really good player on that team. So you're playing them, uh, going in, you know, playing them full strength would be difficult enough. But, you know, you, yeah. you've got one eye, um, and, and Wes probably doesn't know what day it is. Uh, and you're right. gonna, you're going to go to battle with this team, and you did. Uh, you know you're winning this game um, by three points with 4:37 to go in the third, and um, you know the, the wheels kind of fall off uh, from that point on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I remember obviously being able to play was one thing, but then physically, you know, being to do it at the level that you want to, that you've done all year. You know, you're kind of, you know, when I was warming up, I was thinking about that. And the, the issue I had personally was um, it was my right eye that had the laceration over, and I have astigmatism on my left one. So even though I could see a little bit out of, out of my eye, if I closed my left eye, the ball being on my left side, I, you know, the equilibrium on it, I could not shoot it straight. So I literally had to close, the, you know, my right eye when I shot to shoot with a blurry astigmatism. But again, I had a good idea where the rim was. I just, it wasn't clear. So I remember... Literally the first possession of the game, I remember closing my eye and throwing up a deep one. It just went you know, right through. And I'm thinking, you know, whenever I talked to Coach Evans, I'm like, Coach, I, didn't, I really didn't see it. He was like, well, just keep not seeing it then. You know, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, crazy of, of events to have to do that. But, again, I think it's uh, a testament kind of just the practice you put in. And, you know, say it's lucky. But, um, yeah, I was very fortunate. But you, to your point earlier, we got up. Um, and, again, we just Wes ended up going out. He couldn't go anymore. We had some um, – some depth behind him, but nowhere near the skill of Wes. Um, he was just a huge, I mean, great teammate um, and just a really good basketball player. Obviously, went to all Malone and had a great career. And they ended up starting to chip away at us, and we just really couldn't stop the bleeding. And they got up. There wasn't much that we could do. And, you know, I tell a lot of people this. I even hate saying, I mean, I think even to your point, with, the, you know, being healthy, it would have been tough. But, you know, they were a really good team, probably a better team um, than us that year. But, you know, coming up short, that was a tough feeling. You know, there was a similar feeling to that out of the loss. Um, a little different from the fact that you got all the way to the state, you know, championship and knowing I had another year left. So there was a little bit of that feeling. Still hated it and was felt awful. But it was uh, knowing I had another year left was, you know, what kind of motivated us for that, for that next coming year. Yeah, so if I could kind of paint the picture here. So you're playing a state tournament game. You have a guy in Wes um, that has 1,500-plus points, and and he doesn't play past halftime. You're playing with one eye, um, and you have 1,800-plus points in your career, and you're five for nine from three in this game, finished with 21 points. You're playing with the signature goggles that everybody talked about afterwards. I think you can find those on eBay somewhere now. Well, I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd pay a nice dollar for those. And, uh, you know, but you mentioned you're, you're up by three, you know, midway through the third, and then they go on a 21 to two run where uh, Collier has 10 of his 22 points in that run, and then John Powell has eight mm-hmm. of his 16 in that run. Overall, it's a 38 to 12 run to end the game. You know, they closed like state champions um, that they were, yeah. and, and they closed like a team that had been there before and had something very yep. similar happen to them the previous year uh, when Andy Butler and those guys took care of uh, took care of Springfield uh, Catholic Central the year before. Uh, Jason Ronay ended up with 18. You know, Wes is a guy, uh, he, you know, only ends up with eight points playing a half. That's a, obviously a huge, huge loss, and – um, but you learned from it. You used it. Um, you finished 26 and one. You come back. Um, you lose Thatcher to graduation. Uh, you know he he has the the great semifinal game for you guys, and um, you know kind of set the stage here in 96 97. 
um, just to how dominant you guys were. You averaged 83 points a game in a regular season. Uh, you only gave up 51 and a half. You were 20 and 0, number one in the state again. Uh, you averaged 10 points, close to a, or 20 points, close to 11 assists. Uh, you finished as all-time leading scorer and still are at the school at 1821. Uh, Wes averaged about 16 and 8, ended up with 1,507 career points. Chad Pollock um, went over 1,000, uh, and we'll talk about when he did that. Uh, he averaged about 14 and 7. And then Kyle Rabe, a kid that came over after his sophomore year from LCC, uh, he averaged about nine, and then Frankie Kill uh, averaged about nine points and six rebounds. So you had five guys that averaged nearly 10 points a game. And, you know, I know teams that have guys that have 3,000-point scores, but they all they weren't all in the same class. And that is right. absolutely – I was talking to a guy last night from Bel Air, Ohio, and they had three guys that had 1,000, but they, all three guys were in, in a different class. You had three with one with 1,800, one with 1,500, and one just over 1,000, all in the same 1997 class. You ever think about how crazy that is? Um, I mean, it's obviously, you know, it is crazy, right? I mean, to think about it, because it's at the time you don't. I mean, as you get older, you think to have people like yourself that have been around to see it, and, you know, it's just not common. I'd be interested to see how many teams actually have that. Um, you know, it's also a testament to where we were, you know, as freshmen coming through to be able to play. I mean, I played in 100 games. You know, we're 84 and 16 through high school. Um, so, again, I think that's, you know, part of it as well. And, again, just everybody being able to play so young um, and having the success that we had. So, yeah, it is, it is remarkable that you know, that's, that's the case. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you guys get Frank a couple more shots? I mean, you know, get well, him. About Frank, definitely, you know, you would think looking through that position, he was very talented. And he just played his role to the fullest. He was a defender. He was tough. He rebound. You know, he get a rebound. He's on the break. He's throwing it to me, and he's running like crazy to get it back. He's athletic. I mean, he had he had some dunks. You know, I mean, it was just he was that kind of energizer bunny. Um, but again, just played his role perfectly. Um, never, you know, it was right. He wasn't a cancer. He'd be easily on every other team in Northwest Conference. He would have been a, probably a leading scorer for some. So, again, it's just a testament to Frank, and it's also a testament, I think, to our team that we talked about earlier that, you know, we are so close. Everybody's roles were identified. And, again, not that your roles can't change with circumstance, you know, compared to my junior year, that guy stepped up. But it's just that's when we were gone, that's what it was. And even roles changed game to game. Guys weren't going. You know, Frankie had some really good games. Obviously, we'll talk about that as the state, you know, as the, the journey goes. But, um, yeah, it was – Frank definitely could have scored more points. Yeah, I think that this is, you know, we talk about all the points scored and all those things that you guys did, but the bottom line is you, you were undefeated. You didn't lose any games, yeah. and you guys really enjoyed playing with each other. And, and um, you know, when nobody cares about who's who's getting the, the headlines in the newspaper, I mean, you've got something special, you know, because you guys were, were talented, but that doesn't always equal wins. And when you yeah. look at your team, I mean, you had a bunch of guys that liked each other, uh, hung out together. And, uh, you know, and another thing about you guys were big. Um, and, and some of these are, are program heights. But, I mean, you know, you're looking at, at Chad at 6'7", at Wes at 6'6", six, six, Kyle 6'5", Frank 6'4". And, you know, what would you be about, 6'2", 6'1"? Six, six, uh, six foot, six foot, 6'1", six you know, Pro maybe around there. Program height, 6'1". Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of what program you're in. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you guys weren't a small team, um, you know. And you mentioned if Frank goes on and scores over a thousand points at Defiance College, so I mean, mm -hmm. it just kind of shows you what type of depth of talent you guys had. Um, and, and Wes played at Malone. Uh, was he all American at Malone, or all conference I, I guy think so, at Malone? But not for, for a fact. Yeah. And then Chad played both sports at Ohio Northern, football and, and basketball. Um, Which is surprising in itself. It kind of just shows a testament to Chad and his athleticism because Lincoln, we didn't have football. Still the only team in Northwest Conference that doesn't have it. So yeah. he never played a snap in his life. Um, plays one year of basketball, and then he's a phenomenal offensive lineman, which doesn't surprise me, but um, that he was really good. But just the fact that he'd never played before 
have that kind of success, testament to him. Yeah, so we'll talk just briefly about your regular season that year, um, 20 and 0. Um, yeah. You, you, your closest games, um, you had two uh, 11 point games. One was against Parkway, uh, 83 72. And then another one, you guys stepped up and played uh, a Division II Elida team that actually won the WBL that year. Uh, Western yeah. Buckeye League, for those of you that uh, may not be as familiar, but that's a really, really good conference. Um, and then you beat LCC 63-51 by 12, and those were your closest games. You didn't have a game uh, under double figures uh, all season. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm sure that game – was that game at Elida that you played them? Yeah, yep. I mean, that's, yep. that's uh, you know, that's a big step up from a, for a D4 team to go play – uh, a D2 uh, WBL champ. We just saw, uh, you know, a D2 team in Lima Shawnee out of that same conference go to state, a D3 OG. Mm-hmm. Also at state this past year out of the yeah. WBL, that's a loaded conference. So you guys were stepping and up I, big time there. Yeah, I think um, that probably was circled on both of our calendars, right? Because and then they ended up, we were expected, I think they were expected too. I mean, we grew up playing against some of those kids. Um, but at the time we were 18 and 0. Uh, we played Zelda Jefferson the night before, and they were, I think, 17 and 1. So I just remember the memory I had with that. Obviously, the night I met my wife, but when our bus pulled up, I mean, there was a line. I, I've never, I mean, it was unbelievable how many people. I mean, I know there was people that had to be turned away. I mean, we sold that place out. It was nuts in there. Reminding me of that, you know, we had a lot of really good crowds. Our fans, our support, our communities were awesome. But that game was just, it was a different. I mean, there was a, um, just a feeling in there of just this energy that was, you know, second to none for sure. But yeah, they were, they were good. It was, we were, uh, we got off to a little bit of a struggle, but ended up, you know, playing the way we needed to play and come out with a victory. Obviously Chris Adams was a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, they had some really good stuff, changed up their defense a little bit. And, um, they had some good players too. It was a really good team. So moving on to the sectional, uh, one game sectional there, you guys beat, uh, Fort Jennings, 8158. Uh, you had 26, six threes, Wes with 22, and Chad Pollock with 17 um, to open up the uh, tournament play. Uh, nice to get your feet wet there and uh, get yeah. rolling uh, to get ready for a very tough Elida district um, where you would play a team you played in the regular season, which was Upper Scioto Valley. Yeah. Um, who wasn't too far removed, um, just uh, three years from winning the 94 state title. Um, you beat them 100-66 to in the regular season. Uh, talk to me about this game just a little bit. You know, it was a 68-60 final, uh, but these games aren't always as close as the final score indicates. But um, Yeah, I mean, again, they ended up coming back towards the end. It, again, my memory, it wasn't as close as that score. Mm-hmm. We were up high teens, and they ended up – they hit a couple shots. Randy Evans hit a couple shots late. The game was out of, you know, out of reach. And, um, I mean, I, you know, again, still a win's a win. You know, I don't care if we won by 20 or won by one. I just, um, I, you know, we played a little bit better than the sport, he says. So you get by the Rams. Um, and, again, this is the Elida district, which is, is always a, a very tough district, uh, whether it's Division three, whether it's Division four up in northwest Ohio. Just so many good teams up in those areas, and that hasn't changed uh, in the last 24 years. So you play a team uh, in Delphi St. John's in the district final. Uh, This game was a a very, very tough game, a game you trailed by a deuce midway through the fourth quarter. Um, uh, Delphi St. John's team coached by a young Brett Norris, who is now at Hilliard Bradley. and this was a game uh, some years later, Chad Pollock would say that he didn't want to come across as arrogant, uh, but it was the only game that he recalls that there was any doubt of the outcome. Uh, and mm-hmm. he said that in the Van Wert Independent uh, back in 2017. So yeah. he definitely recalled this being a tough battle. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, again, I. You expected to win every game. We expected not even to win, but just blow everybody out. That's that was kind of our mentality. And Brett Norris had a great game plan. Um, they 
slowed it down. I mean, I literally pulled it out and it played as methodical as you could possibly think. And as a team that's used to getting up and getting down, you know, as far as scoring 83 points a game, literally they took that away from us, you know, and for us, when a team does that and they hit a couple shots early, they got to the free throw line, they got up and they could continue to do it. If we would have got the lead early, you know, we could have forced them out of that and they controlled it by how the game was going. So they really, really played, you know, methodical, deliberate, um, didn't take any bad shots. And that was kind of the game, you know, how it was going until the fourth quarter. And again, remember that two point in game you're talking about, that's when Wes got a drive and ended up getting an and one. And that's our first lead. I can still see Wes's face. Everybody was static. And that was the time. As soon as he hit that, hit the free throw, I had no doubt in my mind that, that we were going to win. It's crazy. When you play a team that is well-schooled like that, it's like you can never get the tempo against those teams. Mm-hmm. And you always end up having to, you know, fight it out and win a game maybe a way that you, you're not accustomed to playing, uh, especially yeah. a team like yours that was averaging, you know, 83 points a game. Um, playing that style. That was probably the first time I would say in the three years, anybody dictated the tempo outside of us, right? It was rebound go. Nobody could really, or even tried for that matter. There weren't a lot of teams that played and did that. It could be, I mean, they really pulled it out. Gavin Seaver was holding the ball. I mean, literally they were throwing it around. But that was probably the first time that we even experienced that kind of deliberate basketball where it was almost the four corners. Then they would go a little bit and see if they got an opening. But yeah, it was we dictated the pace, you know, you know, majority of my career. So that was probably, you know, the biggest surprise for us is we never experienced it before. I'm sure the hype and the, and the crowd for this was pretty electric being that, that Delphus is so, so close to, to uh, your mm-hmm. school. Yeah, it was, I mean, again, both teams colors are blue and gold. So, I mean, it was just, I mean, Phil, similar to that Elida game. I mean, obviously Delphus travels, the communities travel just like middle point Lincoln, you travels. I mean, all the communities in Northwest Ohio, it is amazing how they support their teams. And this was no different that night. It was packed house. I mean, it was sold out in there. And um, again, there's nothing better. I mean, people understand to be able to play, you know, again, this last year was tough because of COVID, but be able to play in a packed house where, you know, the other team's booing you, your team is cheering you like crazy. There is nothing like, I can't even, you know, I wish all kids get to play in a sold out, you know, crowd. And that was just another one that was just, um, it was, it was, you know, I used that term before, just electric. I mean, it was, uh, you know, again, at the end, you know, you're trying to pull it off and you're not even hearing the crowd, so to speak, but, um, yeah, it was a great environment. So you escape the Elida district, the bonnet Elida district, and you move on to the Toledo regional, uh, where you would play Macomb in the first round up there, uh, out of the Blanchard Valley conference. And, uh, you blew the doors off of these guys. Uh, it was 27 to 11, ends up 81-51. You had 29, Wes 23, and uh, Kyle and Chad each had 11. Um, you weren't taking any prisoners in this game. Yeah, I think that was, you know, it's kind of horses in the stable ready to go, right? After coming out of St. John's game, it's kind of like, listen, you know, because you, you know, Coach Evans probably thinking like the other teams are going to do exactly that, right? I mean, that was – is that the secret sauce? I mean, I'm guessing if you're – but a lot of teams weren't capable, right? They had Delphus kind of going back to that. They had, you know, an Aaron Elwer, uh, Gavin Siever. Um, they had another Elwer, I believe, um, um, a, a Klaus. I mean, they were good players, right? They were capable of you know, executing that plan. So not every team was capable of doing that. So I think we were – when we got to Macomb, it was let's go. We're not going to get out early, and that's exactly what we did. So you move on, and you're in the regional final now against Leipzig, and um, you defeat them 69-62, but this is a game you only led by uh, three at half. You push the lead, though, up to around 16 or 17, and then they come back and make this game a little bit too close for comfort. Yeah, so I, I remember this as far as we ended up getting up to, I think, 16, 17-point lead. And I remember this is that point with my junior year when you're so excited to get to state. You're expected to get back as seniors and win it. And you never want to say you're playing to lose, but I remember being out in the top, kind of looking at that clock, dribbling a little bit more than I normally would, um, not running much offense, just letting that clock tick. Um, we ended up missing some shots, had some turnovers. You know, they made some plays. and. 
Um, they had uh, Nick Reinbrink that was a good player. Um, Bryce Schrader, who was a phenomenal point guard, great baseball player too. Um, so again, they had really good players. Just I remember that was probably the only game in my career. I remember, let's just get back to state. Let's just get back there. Let's get back there. Let's uh, do everything we can to win this game and move on. So I, that was, I think, a little bit part of it as far as you know, just me dribbling around a little bit. But you know, that's we, we got the W, which is like I said before, that's all that mattered. So you finish this game with 22 points. Chad has 18 and Kyle Rabe with 12. Um, and now you're going to move on and play uh, in the big show uh, one more yeah. time, one final time. Uh, you're going to St. John Arena, the mecca, I believe, of, of tournament basketball in Ohio. There will never be anything like it again. Uh, and you get to the state semifinals. Uh, and once again, your semifinal game is a sellout, 13,276. You, you had a sellout yeah. against um, uh, Dalton the year before, but this time you're playing Norwalk St. Paul, uh, Coach Mike Smith. And, uh, you know, th there was a lot of hype around your team. Uh, this was my first state tournament um, as a viewer. And I just remember so many people telling me about your team because they had seen you in 96. Yeah. They were so pumped to see you again. You guys scored all these points. Uh, you know, you, you, were, you, you were knocking threes down. Uh, you know, you had great vision. You were a lefty. I think that enamored people. Uh, and you just blow the doors off of St. Paul in this semifinal game, 88 49, despite only shooting 39%, but you did make 34 out of 44 at the free throw line. Um, and, and Coach Smith from St. Paul said this uh, after the game. He said, they are unbelievable. I don't think I've seen a team play quite like that, uh, like the way they played tonight. They played like they were a team on a mission. Yeah, I think that was just, you know, it just goes back to who we were, right? I mean, you have some games, you're going to win by a bunch, you know, you're not again. And this was when I remember when we were um, practicing that week, there was an article in, in their local paper and their coach and rightfully so said, we're not going to back down. You know, I don't care how good they are. We're going to run with them. And I just remember that being plaqued on each one of our lockers. Like this team thinks that they're, they can play with us. And again, coach Smith, that's exactly what I probably would have said. And but now, also, we didn't need much incentive, but that was like, all right, let's let's get out and go. And, and we did. I mean, literally, we were out in transition and got up big early. I mean, halftime, I, I think we might have been up close to 30 at half. I don't know. It was it was pretty ugly. And, you know, I, and again, I'd say going into halftime, knowing you're already, you know, going to win the game, that was different. <laughs> I mean, when you're in a state, you know, people are here sold out. Um, you know, it was just, we were, like I say, fortunate, but just that was who we were. I mean, we were. We were out there to whip them. That's exactly what we did that night. Yeah. The So you had 12 points, five assists in this game, uh, some light work. Chad Pollock had 20 points, 11 rebound. He also topped the 1,000-point mark in this game, yeah. which was really cool, uh, joining you and Wes uh, in that club. And then uh, Wes had 17.7 rebounds. Frank had 12 points and 12 rebounds, which would be a precursor yeah. to what was to come. Uh, in the finals for him. Uh, so it was it was a really good day for you guys, you know, a good kind of tune-up to, to play in the state championship again. Um, so you're going to move on, and you're going to get a team uh, out of Zanesville, Rosecrans, Bishop Rosecrans High School. So we got another number one versus number two battle this year. Um, you play this game in front of 13,229 uh people there were exhausted i remember that that championship saturday you had zanesville and cleveland heights that played an overtime yeah. thriller uh that year uh, but you know was there a part of you that <laughs> was hoping uh that you were going to because springfield catholic central miraculously made it back to the final four that year without collier without Powell, without rone was there a part of you that was hoping that they were going to win that game? Oh, there isn't even a question. Right? Like I, <laughs> I was mad when they didn't because yeah. believe me, there was a part of me that wanted to throttle them. Yeah, um, that would have been. I mean, that would have been a throttle. That's one game I would say that there was going to be some extra juice played with. Um, and again, that's just your personality when you're, right. you know, junior, senior in high school. So 
Um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hoping for a different outcome for the Rosecrans Springfield game. Yeah, so you play a, a really good Bishop Rosecrans team that's led by uh, Chris Garber, an All-State guy. Um, mm -hmm. They have one loss coming into the game. They play a really tough schedule uh, led by head coach Todd Rock, who is still the coach there. Uh, and this is a game that you didn't take your first lead until 20 seconds, 27 seconds to go in the half uh, when Frank Kill hit a free throw to make it 25-24. Uh, you led 31-30 in the third. Uh, and then we mentioned Frank having the big night, and he uh, sparked a 13-2 run with a three-pointer that kind of gave you guys a little bit of separation in this game. Yeah. I mean, they played a stuff. Like you said, I think they played a – you know, a tested schedule in that in that league in Columbus. And, you know, I think that's a big part of why they, you know, they had some good experience. They had some really good players. They had some young experience as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, I think as much as you want to expect from a team like ours to do what we did in the semifinals, you know, it's we were playing a really good team. And, you know, again, I think that's the duration of who we were is just kind of, you know, be resilient and play how we play. And eventually we did exactly what we were supposed to do is go on a, a run like that. And, um, again, it goes back to two when you talk about Frankie Kittle, like, you know, the games he had in the semifinals and the finals, I mean, that's, those are games he would have had every night if he played elsewhere. And it was just his time. And that was exactly what he did. He grabbed it, took advantage of the moment. And, you know, he was a big reason that we were successful in that game. I mean, that's, uh, but again, I wasn't surprised. I was happy for him and I was happy for all of us. just like he was, it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, look at me. It was never that. And again, that was, uh, to get the win, and again, to him to play the way he did, and to get a state championship, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. It really is. Yeah, he ends up with 23 points, 11 rebounds, 5 of 8 shooting, 11 of 12 from the free throw line. Just a just a great way to go out for him. You guys sank another 32 free throws. You made 64 in the two tournament games um, at the foul line. Uh, you know, Chris Garber uh, and Scott Payton both had four fouls in the – in the third quarter, uh, Garber only ended up with six points and five rebounds. Uh, West West did a really good job on him. Um, I want to read you a couple of these quotes from the Rosecrans guys that kind of uh, gives you an idea of what they thought about your team. Uh, Garber said, Lincoln View is a good team. If we put the two best teams together in our league, which is saying something, we might have a chance. They're just so quick and so strong. And that was from uh, the great Steve Blackledge from the Columbus Dispatch uh, back on March 23rd, 1997. Steve now with Press Pros Magazine. Uh, and then Todd Rock said they got everything. They can run. They can shoot. They can rebound. They're just tough to guard. And I think that would be, you know, if, I, if I'm thinking back to your team, that was probably the thing that, that jumped out to me. You guys were just so tough to guard because you just never knew. Uh, it wasn't like you could key on one guy because there were so many guys that could beat you. I mean, Frank gets 23 and 11 uh, in the finals. Yeah. Uh, that could have very well easily been anybody in your starting lineup. Yeah, and I think it's uh, – and that goes back to Coach Evans as well. Obviously, we were big, athletic and I think the hardest thing people understand is to guard pace. We played really fast. So, I mean, we get a rebound, we had size, and it's gone, and we're out, the big guys are running, and we're filling lanes, and we're shooting layups. That's how we wanted to play. We didn't want to run no offense. But we also, when we need to get to half court, um, we ran really good stuff. And when you have a post presence, and obviously people that can shoot, um, you know, it's really, like you said, tough to guard. So I think that's a, a big part of it. I, like I said, I think – you, know, you can look at our team, but it was a lot more, I'd say, athletic. You maybe want to give you credit for. And I think again, even kind of thinking about like college days too. This is the pace that I know that I like. I want to play fast. I, mean, I couldn't couldn't play fast enough. And that was when mm -hmm. I played best. So did everybody else. And so, um, yeah, I think he was right on the nose when you talk about our team. I think it's you know it's hard to 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 scout for, but you know I, they were a really good team as well. And again, that's. Uh, humbling for them to say if they put two of their best teams, you know, they might be able to give us a shot. Um, you know, again, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. They actually, I mean, to, to be that thought highly of um, by a lot of people, right? not just him and around the state, especially in our community. It's, it's special. We had a very special team curve that I'm so proud of. And it's like, you want, you know, when I say you can't put into words, when you have a community 
like we do or, and do back in Northwest Ohio and Middle Point, Maine, and we're surrounding that is so supportive. You know, like I said, be able to tip your hat to them and be able to drive the bus home on a charter bus, which I've never been on in my life. Have you know, fire trucks and people roller skates going down Middle Point. Like it was, you know, it, it just you can't. I can't even describe it how how cool it was. And it even gets better as you get older when you think back of you know at the time. You just it's pretty cool, but. Um, as I get older, I'm just, you know, you want everybody to be able to experience that. Yeah. And yeah, in the small towns, they do. I, I mean, communities, when they go and they win, I mean, whether it's Parkway, Columbus Grove, OG, they all travel. And again, there's just something to be said for that. Yeah, Rosecrans got within 50 to 44, but that was as close as we could get. You end up winning this game 76 60. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. Peck led Rosecrans with 17, and uh, sophomore Joe Bills who would go on to have a nice college career um, with 16 points. And so take me through the final moments of this game where you start to realize all this work that we've put in is about to come down to this. So I think the first moment when you see that, you look over at the the scores table and you see five guys coming in, right? Um, The starters are coming out and – I don't remember if coach did it, kind of staggered it, but I'm pretty sure he had all the guys. We all came out together. And that was the first moment you realized that's when that kind of warmth and just that euphoria. And then I remember the first thing that I did is grab coach Evans and, you know, we hugged like I've never, you know, I, it was such a great feeling because we had been through so much together. Um, he had been so good to me, giving me the ball as a freshman and, you know, the goods and the bads, holding you accountable, you know, responsible and, helping making me the you know young man that I was at that time I'm just I was so happy that you know he got to experience that as well um and that we all got to do it together and I think that's that moment again I just you know most people don't get to feel that you know I mean yeah. being a state champion is rare I mean some schools don't have any you know some schools are fortunate to have multiple ones but you know that's Lincoln was fortunate to have me down there twice ever um back in 2016 as well so um, again, it was it was awesome. Again, I just remember everybody being so happy. We all hugging each other and, and then, you know, piling up afterwards when the buzzer goes off. I mean, that was, you know, nothing better than that, to be able to do that with your buddies. Yeah, it was so cool. You know, 2016, Lincoln View got there to the finals. Um, Frank Kill gets there and wins it at LCC. Your team gets honored. And, you know, I think when you, when you look back on, on your team, uh, people just – look back with so many fond memories you know people this is this is before social media and and the, right. the crazed internet and and all that stuff and you know it was kind of like people anticipated uh getting to see your team because you know that was going to be the only time that they would be able to see you um throughout the year and i think you know your style of play uh enamored right. people you know, you kind of look at like some of the teams moving forward, like at Upper Sandusky, you know, people just were enthralled with the way they played. Um, but yeah. I think that your small town team, the the points that you scored, um, people just fell in love with that, you know, because there was always kind of this blueprint to, to win, you know, you got to go up and, you know, you can't make mistakes and you got to play this style to win a state. And you guys go up yeah. and, and rewrite history the way you're playing. And I, I just think people look back on that team with such um, great admiration. And, um, you know, 27-0, a run of 53-1 and over two seasons. Just absolutely incredible with the pressure you guys had to finish the deal. I'll, leave, I, I'll let you, you know, go on this. How do you think or how do you want this Lincoln View team to be remembered? You know, I, th- I mean, honestly, I think it's one of the best high school teams that, that Ohio's ever been around, that I've been able to see, right? I mean, I think you want to think that way with the, the, what we did. I mean, not to be arrogant at all. I just – I think you feel that way when I was playing. As you get older and you're looking at teams, like, it's just – it had a little bit of everything. Right, you see teams that have hey, a couple of leading scores. They have a guy that can rebound at six, seven, maybe every now and again. But to have all of that at one time at one school in the small town of Middle Point, it just—I don't know that you'll ever see that again. 
Um, and that, and again, I say that St. Henry was, you know, was very good at similar, but you know, they didn't play. I mean, we played like, you know, like you were saying, people wanted to watch. It was, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get a hundred, right. It's the Loyola Marymount back in the day, you yeah. know, a little more structured, but you know, I think that's, um, people just loved it. And that goes back to, like I said, the communities. I mean, you know, our biggest rival would be Crestview, but I mean, we got in the tournament and they were knocked out, but they were, all their fans were coming to watch us and support us. And, you know, I, I, that's what I think I want to remember people to remember is, um, and I think it goes back to just sports in general, just everybody playing their role. Like so many coaches I talk to now is, you know, it's hard to get kids to buy in, right? The self-awareness of what yeah. can help their team win. And man, I can't even exaggerate enough how ours was. I mean, it was a, you know, a final old machine. Like we didn't worry, Coach Evans didn't worry about any of that. Now, I can't say he didn't have conversations with people were trying to, you know, he was, as he's defining those roles, but I, I think that's something you know, from a role standpoint and our team, I, I think that's what I will re- want to remember the most that, you know, if you want to emulate what we have, you can't have any, any uh, weak links and you know, that's hard. Right. And, and obviously to have the talent that we had, and, um, again, I'm just, I, I still very, very fortunate, you know, again, like um, obviously having kids, uh, I think my, Boys, until a couple of years ago, I thought I played the trumpet in high school. <laughs> um, I did play saxophone for a couple of years, but anyway, it's just um, you know them to be able to see some of this, and even when we go back home, um, people still talk about it, remember it, and my wife kind of rolls her eyes at this point. But you know, it's uh, I'm just glad I was a part of it, and I will, you know, it's going to be memories that I'll have forever. Um, you know, when I'm with the guys, we don't get together as often. We're on a text string. Um, I wish we did get together more often. When we do, it's like we were seniors in high school again. There's yeah. no beats missed, um, jokes on each other. I mean, it's your your typical just good buddies, you know, and you get older. and um, But we'll always have those memories together. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was such a great era uh, of basketball, you know, when you guys yeah. came along. And uh, to me, it was the, the high point. And, uh, you know, I just think your, your team – and the reason I do – you know, stuff like this is I want to keep the memory alive of of just how yeah. great that was uh, at that time and, and, and your community and, and, you know, people, you know, like your son can, can hear about this and, um, yeah. and, and and realize that this this was reality. This was actually happening. So uh, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. Uh, the great Absolutely. Brandon Pardon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 24 years after the 27-0 season. Thank you again, Brandon. Yeah, appreciate it, Kurt.